the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. When it talks about six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him, three out of the seven things that are detestable to God have to do with our speech. Lying lips, a false witness, and a man who stirs up dissension. And dissension is stirred up because somebody's talking and saying things to stir up dissension. Three out of seven things God hates has to do with improper speech. Lying, lying tongue, a false witness, and one who stirs up dissension. This is Cornerstone Connection. The radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Proverbs. The things which we say ultimately define the relationships we have and what people think of us. Pastor Gary teaches us that it is crucial for us to have control over our speech. It's with our words that we can deceive, influence, and help people. It's with our words that we show to the world the person who we truly are. You must be aware of the things you say and how they affect the people to whom you are saying them. Much of your testament to Jesus is done through the words that come from your mouth. Be sure that your words properly portray Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Proverbs, chapter 12, with part one of his message, Speech in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12, friends. That's where we're going to be today. Proverbs chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, we have a couple. The ushers are coming down the aisles, so raise a hand if you'd like to receive a Bible from one of our ushers. They will hand you one if they have them available for you. And Proverbs chapter 12 is found on page 480 in those church Bibles that are being handed out. Page 480. Proverbs 12. In our series through the book of Proverbs, we're going to be looking at this book as we have the last few weeks thematically rather than chapter by chapter because that's how Proverbs is written. It's written in a thematic way. It discusses various principles and truisms that are applicable for everyday life and very practical advice, very practical counsel from God's word. And so because the book of Proverbs is written with various themes throughout all 31 chapters, what I'm trying to do with you is to kind of extrapolate the various verses that are um, along the same thematic line and then draw these verses out with you so we can all learn together what the Bible has to say and what God's counsel is regarding some of these themes. So far, we've looked at the topic of wisdom. That's kind of an overarching topic from the book of Proverbs. And uh, the topic of money, 
the topic of sexuality, and then last uh, Sunday we looked at the topic of friends and family. Today we're going to look at what Proverbs has to say about speech. What does Proverbs have to say about the way we use our words? It has a lot to say about the way we use our words. James chapter 3 verse 2 says this, We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man. How many perfect people do we have here today? I don't think so. And if you raised your hand, well, now you're not perfect. So, because that's pride and lying. So, uh, welcome to today's Bible study. We all have something to learn on this topic. So, I'm going to read a few verses here. First, from chapter 12 of Proverbs. Chapter 12, verse 13. An evil man is trapped by his sinful talk, but a righteous man escapes trouble. From the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things, as surely as the work of his hands rewards him. Verse 17, if you'll jump to verse 17. A truthful witness gives honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. So in those few verses I read, notice again verse 13, sinful talk. Verse 14, the fruit of his lips. Verse 17, a truthful witness, a false witness, lies. Verse 18 talks about reckless words, the tongue of the wise. And verse 19 about truthful lips and a lying tongue. So all of this and much more has to do with the topic of speech And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. Let's first have a word of prayer. The average person, according to statistics, spends about a fifth of his or her life talking. If all of our words were put into print, the result would be this. A single day's words would fill a 50-page book. And in a year's time, the average person's words would fill 132 books of 200 pages each. That's just in a year. Think about over the course of a lifetime. I remember watching an interview that was being done on television with then U.S. Supreme Court Chief Justice William Rehnquist, and Rehnquist was asked what, in his opinion, was the most important skill that a person needed to possess. Rehnquist, without hesitation, said, good communication skills. Good communication is important, whether it's verbal or nonverbal, whether it's oral or written. Good communication is absolutely critical for how we connect with one another. What we say, how we say it, why we say it, and when we say it are all important in terms of speech and communication. Even Jesus was very sensitive to what he said and how he said it, so much so that in John chapter 12, verse 49, he said, For I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. That Jesus was so concerned about words that he even says there, and this is a good verse for all of us to pray, that the Father would help us in not just what to say, but also how to say it. 
Even more sobering are the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37, when he said that a man is going to be judged on the day of judgment for every careless word that he speaks. Verse 37 of Matthew 12 says, for by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you will be condemned. So language, the way that we speak, the things that we say are very, very important to God. This is a very important topic for all of us. We all have room to grow in the area of verbal communication. Now, truth be told, though, there are some natural barriers, natural obstacles to good verbal communication, even when people are speaking the same language. Even when people are speaking the same language, there are some natural barriers to good communication. One natural barrier are cultural differences. You can be speaking the same language, but if you are from different cultures, words can mean different things. For example, in Australia, if someone says they've lost their thong, don't think underwear or bathing suit. Think flip-flops, because that's what they mean when they say thong. In the UK, in the UK, when they say they have a bogey, they're not talking about their golf game. They're talking about junk in their nose. <laughs> oh, I have a bogey. Do you have a tissue? In, in, in the UK, if someone says they have a flat, it means they have an apartment. If you say you have a flat, it means you have a flat tire. Words mean different things. Same language, different culture. I remember... When I was uh, 19 and working to help put myself through school, I worked for this marketing firm and very close relationship with the owners of this business. And the owners also had hired a nanny in their home. And she was the same age I was. We were both 19. And she was from Great Britain. And in Great Britain, I didn't know this, in Great Britain, there's this expression, if I want to call you on the phone, the expression, there's a slang expression, I'm going to knock you up. <laughs> well, we have that expression too in America, but that's a different slang meaning, right? It means to get somebody pregnant. So, so one time I'm having conversation with this 19-year-old nanny, same age as I was at the time, and she looks at me and she says, Gary, do you mind if I knock you up in the morning? You naughty nanny. I mean, you know, that's... <laughs> but it's cultural difference. We're speaking the same language, but words and phrases mean different things. If it's not cultural differences that are a natural barrier to communication, how about gender differences? Ever noticed how men and women say things a little bit differently? And the meaning to a man is sometimes different than the meaning of a word to a, wo a woman. And different phrases can be completely misunderstood, even though you're speaking the same language. Listen, guys, when you ask your, your wife or your girlfriend, is anything wrong? And she says, nothing. <laughs> nothing almost always means something, friends. <laughs> Especially when it's followed up with the words, I'm fine. Honey, is anything wrong? Nothing. You sure you're okay? I'm fine. Translation, if you had half a brain, you'd know what was wrong with me. <laughs> it's true. When a man says, for example, boy, I'm not hungry at all, that means he's had half a cow and he's already full. He can't eat another bite. When a woman says, I'm not hungry, what she means is, go ahead and order whatever you want. I'm just going to be picking off your plate. <laughs> That's what it means. 
When a woman says, I'm sorry, what she means is she feels that. And I, I want closure. And, and I want to be close. So let's forgive and be forgiven. When a man says, I'm sorry, what he means is, I want peace. I have no idea what I did wrong. <laughs> there are cultural differences. There are gender differences in communication. And thirdly, there are also generational differences. Have you ever noticed how people from two different generations... Words and terms mean different things. You can be saying stuff and you're not connecting because they mean different things to different people. I remember a story that uh, a lady shared with me a few years ago that she had a conversation with her daughter. Now she, mom, was about 60, daughter was about 30, and so they're having this conversation. This is a few years ago about the 45th anniversary of the moonwalk. Okay? Mom, 60-ish, says... To her daughter, hey, today's the 45th anniversary of Moonwalk. Daughter says, it wasn't 45 years ago. Daughter, who's 30, says it was only about 20, 25 years ago. Mom says, no, I I know exactly what I'm talking about. It was 45 years ago. Daughter says, no, you don't. I, I remember seeing it for the first time, and it happened only about 20 or 25 years ago. Mom says, you couldn't possibly have seen it. You weren't even born. This was 45 years ago. And they went on and on. Because mom was talking about Neil Armstrong, daughter was talking about Michael Jackson. They were both talking about the moonwalk. But two different generations, it meant two different things too. So there's differences. There's natural barriers to speech and communication. And what we need to understand, the advice that Proverbs gives us, is that first of all, speech is about four things. These are important to note because all aspects of speech, and we're talking about verbal communication, that's what Proverbs deals with here primarily. There's nonverbal communication, there's written communication, there's all different ways we communicate. But for the purpose of our study here, Proverbs deals primarily with speech, with verbal communication, and speech is about four things. Here they are. Number one, it's about content. It's about what we say. Number two, it's also about tone, how we say it. Number three, it's about purpose, why we even say it. And number four, speech is also about timing, when we are to say it. And since Proverbs talks about all four of these aspects of speech, we're going to be looking at these aspects. And again, my purpose in going through Proverbs is my particular mission here is looking at all the various verses through Proverbs that deal with this topic of speech, kind of categorize them for us, and then put these verses together. And these verses speak for themselves. But what I'd like us to do is look at these verses that we're going to be seeing here as we survey Proverbs and just ask the Lord, Lord, just, you know, gently affirm an area I might be doing well in, but challenge me in the areas where I need to grow and improve. Because all of us have room for improvement when it comes to speech. So, let's talk about the first category first. Content. What we say. There are several kinds of speech that Proverbs warns against. Slander, gossip, lies, flattery, and deception. We'll go through these one by one, and I'll give a basic working definition, even though we primarily know what these words mean, but just so we have working definitions. First of all, there's many warnings about slander. Slander is evil, malicious talk intended to damage or destroy another person. Proverbs 10:18 says this, he who conceals his hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. The Bible speaks against slander 
different passages. Colossians 3.8 is another example. Paul is listing some sins that we need to get rid of in our lives. And in Colossians 3.8, it starts out with saying anger, rage. Uh, it talks about uh, malice. And then he mentions slander and filthy language from our lips. He says, get rid of all this stuff. And slander is right there in that category there in Colossians 3.8. Slander is a terrible thing because we can do damage to someone And it's very difficult to recover when somebody says something that is slanderous against somebody. So guard your mouth against slander, evil, malicious talk intended to damage or destroy another person. Another thing that the Bible warns us about here in Proverbs is gossip. Now, there are six different verses throughout Proverbs warning us uh, and condemning gossip. Here's one of them, Proverbs eleven thirteen. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. Gossiping is when we tell rumors or revelation of personal or sensational facts about others. So we need to refrain from gossiping. That verse there in Proverbs eleven thirteen says, when we betray a confidence, uh, it's a terrible thing. A trustworthy person keeps a secret. I mentioned this last week when we talked about friends and family. You, you want to kill a friendship quicker than anything? Repeat a matter that you heard in confidence. That is a relationship killer. We need to learn to keep a confidence and not to gossip. And by the way, don't entertain gossip either. Because I guarantee you, if someone is gossiping to you about someone else, they will also gossip about you to somebody else as well. If you entertain gossip, you better believe they're going to gossip about you too. So we, we need to be able to put the brakes on and say to somebody, you know what, that sounds like gossip to me, I don't want to hear it. But because many times we love the juicy bit of latest information, we entertain that stuff. Instead, what we need to be doing is saying, I'm sorry, that's sounding to, to me like gossip, and I really don't want to be a party to that. So neither should we be gossipers, nor should we entertain gossip. Also, Proverbs 20, verse 19 tells us, A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. We also are warned about the content of our speech in regards to lies, which are false statements about something or someone. Proverbs 12, 22 says, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. Notice he detests, God actually detests certain things, and lying lips is on that list. In fact, it also tells us in Proverbs 6, verses 16 and 17, that there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, and in the list of seven, in verse 17, is a lying tongue. Now, it's interesting to note, in that list there in Proverbs 6, When it talks about six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, three out of the seven things that are detestable to God have to do with our speech. Lying lips, a false witness, and a man who stirs up dissension. And dissension is stirred up because somebody's talking and saying things to stir up dissension. Three out of seven things God hates has to do with improper speech. Lying lying tongue, a false witness, and one who stirs up dissension. Look, John 8, verse 44, Jesus said that 
Who is the liar and the father of lies? Who? Satan. The devil is, the, is a liar and the father of lies. So when we lie, we are actually not identifying ourselves with our heavenly father. We're identifying ourselves with Satan himself because he is a liar and the father of lies. Well, Pastor G, what about a white lie? Still a lie. You know why we tell white lies? It's because we don't have the verbal dexterity to say the truth in a very kind and gentle way. You know, it's Christmas time, and Aunt Martha's going to show up at your house with that same daggone fruitcake she brings every year. And you don't like fruitcake. You've never liked fruitcake. And so here comes Aunt Martha with the fruitcake, and then you, you say to her, Oh, I love fruitcake. Oh, thank you. And you take the fruitcake from her. You don't like fruitcake. It's a doorstopper when Aunt Martha leaves. You throw it in the trash, and then you talk about how, oh, Aunt Martha just brings this fruitcake every single year. Okay, tell Aunt Martha the truth. I mean, just savor the hassle of bringing a fruitcake to your house every year. Now, you don't have to be abrasive or harsh. You don't say, Aunt Martha, listen, you're fruitier than your cake. I really don't want it. You don't have to be unkind, but you can just simply say, Aunt Martha, you know what I love most? It's not that you bring a fruitcake. I just love that you come to Christmas. And I really don't need your fruitcake anymore. Thank you so much for always bringing it, but I, I really don't need a fruitcake. To be honest with you, they're really not, not my favorite thing. And just gently tell her how much you love her. Thank you for coming for Christmas. I just don't want your fruitcake. Instead of just lying, even the white lies get us in trouble because they're not sincere. They're not honest. God wants us to be sincere and honest people. And if you can't say it in a right way, then just don't say anything at all. But don't lie about it. Because lying is condemned in Scripture. Also, the what of our speech that is condemned is flattery, which is insincere or excessive praise of another. Proverbs twenty six twenty eight: A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Most people can see when you're just pouring it on thick. So flattery, you know might be something that you think ingratiates yourself with someone, but most people can tell when it's insincere and just excessive praise, and it really does ruin. It doesn't do anything good, so the Bible warns us against flattery. And then also, it warns us against deception, which is the act of misleading or misinforming another. Proverbs twenty four twenty eight: do not testify against your neighbor without cause or use your lips to deceive. Now, how is deception different from lying? Because it's misinformation or it's misleading. So it would be like this. So mom and dad ask teenage son or daughter the question, so who exactly are you going to go to the movie with? I'd like to know who they are. What are their names? And so teenage son or daughter rattles off four names. So these are the people I'm going to the movie with, which is true. But there's actually a fifth person who's in the group. But they don't tell mom and dad the name of the fifth person because they know mom and dad don't like person number five, and that they probably wouldn't be allowed to go to the movie if they said, this is the person uh, who's in our group. So withholding the information, well, I didn't technically lie. No, because you gave them four names out of five. But you deceived because you withheld information and you misled them because you knew. So that's deception. And the Bible condemns that as well. Not only what we say, but also number two, the tone, how we say it. I read this quote Somebody said, quote, I'm careful of the words I say to keep them soft and sweet. I never know from day to day which ones I'll have to eat. So keep your tone soft and sweet 
And in the book of Proverbs, the tone of our words, it tells us four things should be pleasant, gracious, kind, and gentle. As we study the book of Proverbs here on Cornerstone Connection, we'll discover that God is interested in more than just the big picture. God desires that every area of our lives, even the tiny details, to reflect His power and purpose. This is what we learn as we study these practical nuggets of truth which apply to all areas of our lives. If you'd like to access more of these messages from the book of Proverbs, you'll be able to do so at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We've compiled a library of many of Pastor Gary's teachings there, and we invite you to listen to, download, or share any of them. Did you know you can even take them with you on the go? Cornerstone Connection has a mobile app designed to bring you God's Word whenever and wherever you are. You'll find a link under the Teachings tab at cornerstoneconnection.cc. The app allows you to stay connected to us by sharing prayer requests, visiting our website, or checking out our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. You can even join us live each weekend at Cornerstone Chapel, right from your smart device. Again, that app can be found at cornerstoneconnection.cc. Our time is up for today. But be sure to join us next time for more from the book of Proverbs right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know You're not alone Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.